Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sextexton, John O'Shea, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. With the seventh pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Josh Allen, defensive end, Kentucky. Okay. So last Thursday night in Nashville, I'm sitting in the media center right next to a group of New York media. And when the Jaguars selected Josh Allen, they just shook their heads. They had it in their minds that that was the guy for the Giants who don't have that pass rushing threat and that Daniel Jones would be the quarterback at 17. And just sitting there and reading through it this week, it, uh, it really, it fell their way to get one of the best three or four players in the draft at number seven. Hi, everybody. Welcome. To Jags Drive Time, Brian Sexton, along with John Osier and Ashlyn Sullivan. And uh, the Jaguars, at least from my perspective, it's an A draft because Josh Allen was there and Juwan Taylor was there in the second round. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it, it feels like a tremendous success. Mm-hmm. Both first-round talents that they got on this team. Everyone has talked about you know them getting Juwan Taylor at the beginning of the second round, and they had him mocked in the first round. To get right. both of those guys on this roster, that's a win in itself. But it's interesting. Uh, Tom Coughlin doesn't talk to the local media a lot. He talks a few times a year, which is uh, what he does. But when he does, every once in a while at a press conference, he'll give incredible insight. And I was struck by how, I don't know if passion's the right word, but how uh, much Tom talked about getting Jawan Taylor made this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh it was clear that I took that to mean that they had him ranked 10 to 15 somewhere. They considered him in the top seven, and I think right tackle just was – That's it. I don't think they were going to take him there. Uh, If if they could have traded back, but I think the trade back sort of uh, fizzled. There wasn't much of a a shot at that. But I was struck by how much he said, this made our draft – to me, any thought that there was any real competition at right tackle kind of went out the window at that point. If you liked him <laughs> that much, he's going to start at right tackle, and they feel like he is a. Um, they feel like he's a, he's a solution to a problem if if they're talking about him that high, and they feel like he's going to be really really good for a long time. So I thought that was my big takeaway out of Saturday night when they were talking about it. Obviously, Josh Allen's a huge key. Getting Jawan Taylor, I think, as you wrote this week, Brian. Uh, makes it feel like a Tony Brackens, Aaron Beasley, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey type draft. Absolutely. Well, there you see the draft choices, and now let's roll right into it. Big thing, young lady. All right, big thing. One is day one. We call this the lucky day. Not many people, especially in this building, thought Josh Allen would be sitting there at number seven. Many thought he'd go three, four, maybe even six to the Giants. Dave Cobble said the reason why they didn't take T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa, is because you can never have enough pass rushers in the AFC South. And I think it bears out. But in our division, when you play Andrew Luck and you play Deshaun Watson and Marcus Mariota, and then in a conference where you got some, um, you know, great quarterbacks, um, you have to be able to get after them. And um, they'll, they'll between Yannick and him and Calais and Marcel, and um, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun season. You obviously have something to say, Brian. Go ahead. Got <laughs> it. I should look and read right. uh, read the rundown. Thoughts that, that Ashland works so hard on. Um, the pass rush fell off last year. They went from 55 at the top of the, 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 the NFL, what was that, second 
to uh, Pittsburgh in 2017 to 37 last year, middle of the pack, and, and it's going to change. There's no Dante Fowler, obviously. Malik Jackson is gone. They have to retool this, and, and Allen is, and you guys have seen him now, he's 6'5", he's 265 pounds. He's the prototypical edge rusher. He looked to me a lot like Tony Brackens physically. That's not a pass rusher they've had around here. Yannick Ngakwe, for all of his success, is a 235-pound uh, Vic Beasley kind of guy. Mm -hmm. This is different. Uh, it strikes you that, I mean, I love Yannick. Everybody loves Yannick's ability, skill. He has to work for everything he gets mm -hmm. and has to be going 100 miles an hour. And I don't say that as a knock because he's willing to do it. He, he's going to sign a big contract. He's going to be a good player. He's going to be a great player for a long time in this league. Allen, because of the size, can get the easy stuff that Yannick can't. Right. Mm -hmm. He can get some power stuff that Yannick can't. Um, I was asked in the Ozone, uh, I think Saturday, can you know can Allen be as good as Yannick? Well, he better be, and he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be better. Well, he, I think he'd be better than Dante Fowler too. He's bigger. Well, Fowler yeah, and Fowler didn't pan out. I get it. Right. But Fowler was six three two fifty. I don't think you and can. And Fowler wasn't a pure edge rusher coming no. out. He had done a lot of different things. This kid's done. Uh, this kid's done a lot of different things. But he's first and foremost a, a uh, go get the quarterback guy. And when you watch it on tape, and you can't quantify it with a with a time or a, a number of reps or you know the width of a hand, he has that instinct. And when mm -hmm. you watch him rush the passer, you can see when he ducks his shoulder, when he works the moves, he feels what's going on in the backfield and is able to instinctually have an impact on the game. Right. This was, uh, I'm sorry, Ashlyn, this was a rare Get case. Was that? Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I didn't interrupt Dave, yeah, but no, it's right. interrupted Ashlyn. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, okay. Exactly. He, uh, um, you often hear in the draft uh, of teams taking best player available. It's, it, it's always the old debate. This truly was a case where they were ready to take TJ Hawkins. That's who I believe they were ready to take. Um, and w would have been fine with it, would have filled what many perceived to be a more glaring immediate need. But all of a sudden, there's this guy sitting there that is a franchise-defining, uh, franchise-sustaining type player, and you just couldn't pass on him. It, it, it was a gift from above. Yeah, and that leads us to what Tom Coughlin had to say when T Josh Allen was sitting there on the board. There really wasn't much hesitation in the draft room. Well, there wasn't any doubt. When, we, uh, when it came to the Giants and what the Giants were going to go through, mm -hmm. they were either pass rusher or quarterback. And uh, we talked about both sides of that. What, who would we take if uh, they took Allen and so on and so forth. But the idea of having him sit there and know that the possibility exists, we all knew that based on our board and the way we had put it all together, he was the highest rated player on the, on the board. When I shook his hand, when I talked to him and his wife about seven, eight minutes after the pick, um, it was clear he was a Tom Coughlin guy. I mean, he held his son. And by the way, did anybody else recognize that him carrying his son onto the stage, and I can't remember a first-round pick doing that mm -hmm. to meet the commissioner, um, which was completely unplanned. He just walked up with him. On the night that the Tyreek Hill thing broke, I mean, <laughs> talk about saving grace there for the league. But this is a strong character guy, too. See, he didn't put his son down the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, good kid, good guy. There's one other side to this story, and it bears out at this point. And people will discount this, but 
he gives you salary cap ish uh, flexibility next year because you're going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey at some point in the future. Unique Ngakwe is going to want to be paid at the height of the market. You see what Demarcus Lawrence got? Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone else just got paid. Was it D Ford? Massive contracts. Um, you can't pay everybody those massive $100 million contracts. And this guy allows you to play the compensatory game if you choose to and let Unique Ngakwe walk after a big season. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. But it's certainly an option. And when you look at the way Bill Belichick has let guys walk and picked up third-round picks and used them effectively, if you don't have a young pass rusher like this next year, Unique gets anything he wants because you can't let a talent like that go. If this kid comes in and is what he is, then it was a great choice from a flexibility standpoint as you work to rebuild the roster. I don't think they let Unique go. It's a little scary when you think they're probably – you would think either Darius or Campbell are going to go too. Oh, I totally get it. Uh, but you, but you understand what I'm saying. Allen better be good because I know those guys. Well, go. no doubt. But, but again, you're, saying, you you're exactly should, right, though. Yeah. It was a smart pick, not just because of the pass rush, because when it comes time to to next year, look at your roster mm-hmm. and your salary cap. Knowing, hey, look, the sort of Damocles is hanging over your head where it comes to Yannick. I'm sorry, to Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the highest paid corner in the league. That makes it difficult when you're going to have a guy that's going to be the highest paid pass rusher in the league. This gives you flexibility. Sort of what? Damocles. Look it up. Gosh. Him and his big words. Wow. He's throwing things. All right. Go to the next one so I can grab my panel. <laughs> big thing, too, is day two. Juwan Taylor, Josh Oliver, and Quincy Williams. Tom Coughlin said that the Jaguars won day two because of this guy, Juwan Taylor. To be able to have Juwan Taylor at the top of the second round, for us, you talk about something that really – uh, legitimately made the draft and put us in a position where, um, you know, we would have two first rounders uh, for our first two picks, and I don't think anyone would 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 argue with that. There is no argument that they had both of them in the first round mocked, and they now are both on a Jaguars roster. Yeah, and it uh, there was some talk when uh, Taylor fell. There was a lot of talk about the knee. Uh, talk about issues of uh, why he fell. My understanding, Brian, is they have zero concerns about the knee. He didn't run because of a hamstring problem. Right. Uh, that scares teams sometimes because when you're at when you're in the first round, you want to make sure of everything. So the not running thing did scare some teams. My understanding was that was completely hamstring, completely non uh, any sort of threatening. They feel fine with him physically. So, and, and you and I were texting before the draft. I had heard in Nashville that the fact that he was a right tackle mm-hmm. was going to prevent him from going in the top ten. The mm-hmm. teams weren't going to do that. Uh, now, who knows? I, I, like you, believe the Jaguars and heard the Jaguars were heavy in on Hawkinson if Allen is taken before them. So, you saw what happened. There were no right tackles taken. In fact, they were reaching. the. If you want to really point at it, the Texans probably should have taken Juwan Taylor. They need help all over their line. But after Dillard went to Philadelphia, they weren't going to take a right tackle there either, so they took Titus Howard from Alabama State. I think everybody knew that the right tackles were going to go at the very front of the second round, which, again, is is why Dave was willing to mm-hmm. spend the picks and mm-hmm. get up to get him. Credit to the Jaguars for understanding where it fit. Um, First-round talent, absolutely, but the right tackle thing is what shoved him down the board. You're right. It is not the injury situation. 
And it's impressive that Dave knew that run on tackles was going to happen, especially when it did, to trade up and know that that was going to happen because it was. A multitude of offensive tackles went right after Jawan Taylor. For him to predict that and know that, sure. impressive. Yeah, Greg Little went to Carolina, and, and shortly after that, Cody Ford went to Buffalo. And they made clear they didn't want – I got an email as well. They could have stayed and not given up the pick and gotten a right tackle, but they wanted this right tackle, clearly. Mm-hmm. So they uh, they targeted this guy. Same thing to do with Miles Jack. They didn't want to stay at that spot. They wanted to go get their guy. Well, as much as we talk about Tom Coughlin being a needs-based drafter, because that was what he was when, when the Jaguars were first getting off the ground 25 years ago, that was a value thing right there. They, they knew the value of a right tackle, even though they needed one desperately, and they were willing to be patient. Yeah, they went with – I mean – the needs thing now, what teams do, and what team and uh, what this team did, they targeted four or five positions that they needed, and went after them. They knew that somewhere in the first four or five rounds, they were going to get those four or five positions. That's the way teams do need now. They don't look in the first round and say we have to have this position here. It's more of a uh, it's more of a cloud, if you will. See, I'm. I'm up with the times. Look at you go. I'm either a poet or a uh, IT guy. Something else. Or neither. Yeah. Or <laughs> something else entirely or different. Both. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the tight end, Josh Oliver. Dealt with a lot of adversity at San Jose State. One in 10 season. Played with three different quarterbacks in his collegiate career. We caught up with offensive coordinator John DiFilippo on the connection he has with the new tight end. You know, Josh is a great athlete. He's a big guy. He can go up and make plays. He can make play on the football. He's lined up in a bunch of different spots. And, you know, I know his college coach very well. I coach with him at San Jose State, and they, and they love him there, and they're very happy he's a Jaguar. So moments after the pick, he was on the phone with the San Jose State head coach and talking about this pick and said that he absolutely loves the pick, loves that he's a Jaguar, and really was pulling for this guy. Big athletic kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this too, John. I didn't watch Mountain West football, so I didn't. I don't think ch- many of us did. But there, there are not a lot of those tight ends that were draftable guys. I mean, outside of the elite, and this was a rare year for them, where you have a, a guy who's a 55, 60 catch tight end in college, seven touchdowns, and most defenses, from what I've learned, tilted toward him. I mean, he was the threat at San Jose State, and he was very productive. You can see just watching him run how long his arms are. I mean, he's a guy in the middle of the field that should be able to reach and snatch the ball and make some plays, and they need that athletic presence in the middle of the field. This team has not had it since it was a since they had a young Mercedes Lewis, and they hoped that they would have gotten it a couple of years ago, and you know, it didn't you know, didn't pan out in the free agent market. He might wind up being the key to the draft. I mean, I I, I don't think anybody thinks that Allen and Taylor won't be good. And when I say this, obviously there's no guarantee on any draft pick. But the odds are pretty much with Taylor and Allen being good. He's as important a pick as the other two in the sense that they need him to be productive right now. Yeah. It's gonna, you know, it's not gonna be a matter of Swaim and he competing for starting roles. They're both going to be in the mix somewhere. He's gonna be in the mix. He he may be uh, more important in the short term than Josh Allen. Because with Josh Allen, with a pass rush, you expect immediate impact, but oftentimes you don't get the sack numbers out of that immediately in the first year. It can take time to learn how to use your hands in the league. They need production out of the tight end spot immediately. They were bad there last year. They need to be better. This might be the most important pick of the draft. 
All right, let's wrap it up with the new running back Quincy Williams. Dave Cobble says, don't get mad at me because you didn't know who he was. A couple of personnel directors in the league, a couple of GMs are like, you know, it's funny, the people that don't do the work on it, I think it's, you know, they, they judge before they even know the kid or look at the tape and then they can't put the tape on. You know, look at the, look at the kid, look at the character, look at the measurables. Um, you know, I can't help it that you guys didn't do your homework. <laughs> It was. I mean, none of us really knew who he was until they picked, and we went, looked and saw, and then we saw There's the no, highlights, and they were really impressive. There's no really about it. None of us knew who he was. Yeah. I mean, none of us watched Murray State. If you don't watch Mount, all Mountain West or Mountain West Conference football, are you watching Murray State? No. Um, we knew who his brother was. Mm-hmm. And and here's what I learned in the hour after the draft, that the kid was a uh, le- legitimately a great swimmer, had uh, junior Olympic, Olympic kind mm-hmm. of potential, um, and gave that up to play football. I don't know whether you've ever swum, but it no. ain't easy. And this guy was really good. I've swum. I haven't swum fast, but uh, <laughs> it's not easy. Um, Is that the wrong usage? He, I never said that like that. Yeah. You ever swim? I think swimmed. Swim? Is correct. Swimmed? Um, but it it, 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 uh, swam. 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 You ever swam? Swam. Swam. It all sounds weird now that you say it. He'll be a, <laughs> a hot button issue because there will be people who, because they haven't heard of him, and because the immediate reaction will always think that he was too risky a pick. Within NFL circles, he was a known quantity. He had visited uh, 10 or 11 teams. The teams that were interested in him had him in this round about where he was. There's no greater risk of picking this player than there is of picking a kid from you know, Auburn in the fourth round. Uh, there's perceived risk. There's no greater risk. This kid's fine. He can play. Uh, and maybe he'll work out. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah. But in the third round, it's about a 40-60, 60-40 deal mm-hmm. where they actually work out. The speed, um, I heard an interview with his coach, I believe it was yesterday, talking about, and I'll credit, I think it was on 1010XL, talking about how he runs through tackles. And he's not only not scared of contact, he never backs off of a tackle. He looks like a kid who's, who's going to be able to play in this league and contribute. You don't always get that out of a third-round tackle. It, it was a fine – I mean, out of a third-round pick, it was a fine pick. Well, and you would think immediately, based on his speed and, and the video we have seen of him, that he'll be a force on special teams. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if DJ Chark can come in mm-hmm. and be a force as a second-round pick, this kid can as a third. Well, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what will happen with Telvin Smith. I don't know uh, where that end game is going to be. But, but when you watch this kid on tape, he's Telvin Smith. Yep. Not the same size body type, but uh, plays like him. Uber fast, unbelievably yep. fast. That's Telvin's strength. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if at some point this guy's a factor at weak side linebacker. I'm not saying it's going to be this year. I'm not saying it's because of what's going on with Telvin. But even without all this stuff going on with Telvin, Telvin is at a stage of his contract where you need to start drafting depth. Yep perhaps to eventually replace. All right. Let's go to big thing three. The last one is day three. Raquel Armstead, Gardner Minshew, and Dontavious Russell. Two of those positions were absolutely a need in the draft. The Duval fan base already loves this quarterback. I love you, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, man. That's awesome. It is, but it's awesome. Duval. Well, you know, 
All we heard from Mark Ellens when he was down talking to the media after this pick was how much you were going to like him. And just that video clip right there, I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, seems like he has an awesome personality, really a love for the game. And we talk about how a lot of the coaches we were listening to and reading articles on said that the difference with him in the film studying how quickly it translated to the practice field was really impressive. For, oh, I didn't know if we were going to a sot and I was going to... You're on it today. Overtalking. You are producer um, John. For Tom, and uh, Tom came in, the first person he talked about after the draft, Tom Coughlin, was this kid. And he gushed about his football savvy. Well, and this is also a unique guy. He came in uh, to the combine room and basically led off with, hey, I know I'm too short. I know I'm too uh, slow. I know I can't throw hard enough, but I won 11 games. There's a confidence and an edginess that it. I don't know that Tom would love if he also didn't bring this incredible football intelligence to the table. Uh, beyond everything else, what every scout and even every uh, person we talked to off the air, Brian, I talked about with this kid was he really knows the game. And he knows it at a level and processes quickly enough at a phenomenally high level, which makes you think that he could possibly – be in the mix a lot sooner than a normal six-round quarterback to be, the could be. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, people well he's not going to start, right. So. right. 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 Well, you said be in the mix before. I had to throw right. back up in there. I, I hear you. Know, make yeah. sure to clarify for you. Um, he could be the backup this year. Mm -hmm. That's not – That's that is absolutely not out of the realm of possibility because of what you've alluded to, and that is he's one of those rare guys that can take it from the meeting room to the practice field from the first day he gets right. in here. And he's also, and his, his story was told all weekend, started at Troy, uh, or started at Troy, went to community college, went to East Carolina, went to Washington State. Um, so he's older. He, he comes in. He's not a 21-year-old kid coming in. He's had a lot of experience. He knows how to process all this. So he's a little bit more of a veteran guy even coming in. Uh, you mentioned it on Saturday in our wrap-up show that he could be uh, the backup and my first thought was, that's ah, a little quick. But when you look at the entire depth chart, I'd be surprised if he's not the backup going into the season. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. That's all we got. That's all we got. All right. Day we'll three, take a break. we back with a little he will, he won't, he might. John, Ashlyn, Brian here with you. Joe and Mad Max here as well. Jags Drive Time rolls on after this. When this is the sound of a waterfall in nature, there's no cause for concern. But when it's the sound of water gushing through your living room ceiling because a pipe bursts inside the wall, there's reason to panic, unless you pick up the phone and call 1-800-SERVE-PRO. Only the cleanup and restoration specialists at ServPro can help make fire and water damage like it never even happened. So make the call to 1-800-SERVE-PRO at the first sign of water damage. Franchises are independently owned and operated. You're invited to Super Bowl 54 for a once-in-a-lifetime experience with NFL On Location. Next February in Miami, you'll meet NFL alumni, enjoy exciting pregame parties, watch the action from the 50-yard line, and celebrate on the field after the game. For easy, one-stop planning and access to hotels and travel, let NFL On Location plan your ultimate Super Bowl experience. Secure your official access and the best seats at Hard Rock Stadium today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. 
Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America, we believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. out uh you know they're both they're, the whole defensive line the whole defense is dynamic they can move around they, they they are so aggressive too man the dbs i got great dbs they allow us to hunt you know what i mean so right now i'm, I'm so excited man it's a perfect it's a perfect fit for me and my family and man, i just can't get ready i'm ready to work so here's a little inside information uh the jaguars send alex brooks who is a member of the PR staff up, and he's got a, basically, he's got a, uh, a definition sheet for whoever they drafted, who the owner is, who the coach is, who the GM is, who the key players are, so that when the player, whoever it is, comes to speak to the media, they have some sense of what they're talking about. Um, Josh said to me before we started the interview that he had a great visit down here, and he had done his own homework. He didn't need the sheet. He knew who everyone was. So when he's there talking about who the DBs are, he knows exactly what kind of a defense he's plugging into. The excitement was genuine on his part because he understood the fit. When you have a player, you know, the explosiveness of a unique Ngakwe on one side and just the overall, the, the, the ability of a Calais Campbell and a Marcel Darius with those corners back there, he, uh, he feels real good about where he is. Well, a couple of things in that. First of all, what was Brooksy's role at that point? Then? Like, I'll tell you the most important role. He basically role, didn't have to go. So, so up, no, no, he did. Okay. Because <laughs> when those guys are picked, the first thing they do is they walk from the green room to the stage. Then there is a host of media obligations, right? Mm-hmm. They do NFL Network. They do ESPN. Then there's you know, six or eight national radio, national writers before the television people. And they get around to us after that. Brooksy's job, the most important job, is to intercept that process. He was about to step into a room and start that process. Brooksy said, no, we need him to talk to the fans. Because remember, that interview was broadcast live back for the people who were here at the Jaguars Draft Day Fan Fest. So Brooksy's role was paramount. Well, I'm glad he did something because sure. apparently he didn't need the information. He did it, so. he did it very, Brooksy very well. Brooksy killed it. Well, Brooksy can't help the fact that this kid did his homework right, about right. where he was going. Made his job easier. Nothing yep, wrong with that. sure did. But he's a... Terrific kid. He does feel like a fit, and uh, that's not always the case in the first. No, year. no. He feels like the kind of guy who could become, and this is high praise, but has the personality to become a Calais Campbell mm-hmm. kind of player. And his little boy Wesley stole the show. Well, well I tried to steal my microphone. You couldn't see that, but he kept grabbing <laughs> the microphone out of my hand. He's got a future, maybe. Yeah, probably so. All right, what are we doing now? He, he will, really won't. He, he might. won't. He might. John, I think you should go first. I do too. Well. I picked uh, Quincy Williams, uh, the controversial pick among fans, if you will. Uh, And he will remain that way. He's going to be a flashpoint because when you are taken that early from a small school, you're going to be watched. Uh, He won't uh, start right away because that's not what they drafted him to do. In the third round, you're not drafting necessarily for immediate starter. But as Dave Caldwell says, you're drafting for starting traits. And that will be the fascinating thing to watch. Do those starting straights, because he is a bit short, you know, uh, 5'10", 225, not prototype, but he's got that speed that in this defense is so 
important mm -hmm. that it does make you think that he can be that guy down the road. And uh, he might wind up being finally the guy that maybe shatters that whole stigma that's left over from the Gene Smith days of you can't take a small school guy. You can take small school guys in this league. There's no rule that says a guy can't make it. They've had some guys not work out around here. This kid might be the one who who finally breaks that and uh, stops all that chatter every time you take a small school guy. All right. You want me to go next? Yes. Sure. I have a costume change. It's very important. <laughs> okay. So I went with Juwan Taylor. He will step in as the starting right tackle from the very beginning. You know, you generally hear Doug talk about players needing to earn it, and, and I don't discount that. Uh, but Dave made it clear he was their starting right tackle, whether he came out and said it or not in the uh, the post-draft interview with him. Uh, he has the size, the length, the frame. He looks like the guy uh, from the very beginning. He won't need a lot of help. You know, with Jeremy Parnell the last couple of years, he had a lot of knee braces and a lot of elbow braces on. Uh, they needed to try to help him when he... Remember, he struggled with the speed rushers. D Ford, in particular, comes to mind. I can't look at you, Um <laughs> And he won't need a lot of help. I mean, this guy has really good feet. Um, and he might be a – how do I say this? He might make this offensive line as good as it, it thinks it can be, right? Because you've got some talented players in Cam Robinson and Brandon Linder. and I mean, they spent a lot of money last year uh, at the left guard spot. He might be that piece that pulls this thing together and makes it a really, really good line. It's now filmed with. It's now filled with prime acquisitions right. all across the board. Right. Second round tackle, second round tackle, you know, Norwood, third round guard, right. and uh, third round center, and big time money and free agency at the other one. You've spent to be good there. Right. Okay. And your excuse is no surprise. My he will. He won't. He might. Is Gardner Minshew. He will become the backup quarterback to Nick Foles. All that intelligence we talked about on the field and in the film room has impressed the coaching staff. The interview at the Combine really impressed Tom Coughlin that he walked in. John mentioned earlier, I know I'm too small. I know I'm too short. I know I don't have a strong arm, but I'm a winner. I won 11 games. And I think that says a lot about him and his confidence. Just take this seriously. This is a serious trying. show. Well, why are you wearing Shad Khan's mustache then? Because I'm trying to play into the role of okay, the quarterback. He won't let the lack of NFL experience get to him. A lot of arguments are being made that, you know, Tanner Lee and Cody Kessler have some game time NFL experience. But when you watch that, did anything really impress you no. when they were on the field? Did you make that argument? Well, I got to see that again, that Cody Kessler and Tanner Lee performance. So I don't really think that's much of an argument. He's not going to let that get to him. He might have the best stash in the NFL besides me. And that's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. And shot. And shot. Nope, he's third. Well, that shot mustache you're wearing. No, I didn't shave it off him. <laughs> he didn't let me, I asked. It was a scene. All right. Um, that, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> so I think I'm going to leave it alone. When we come back on Jack's Drive Time, we'll go to the Ozone Mailbag for Snapshot here on a Tuesday morning. When you hear, think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since 1916, Duval Motor Company has proudly served Northeast Florida, offering the latest products and services with hometown hospitality. Visit Duval Ford and Duval Honda on Cassett Avenue. 
Duval Acura on Atlantic Boulevard, and Subaru of Gainesville to learn more. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. I've been doing this for 20 years, but success doesn't happen in a vacuum. Thank you for helping me move this thing along. You helped me get this thing going in the early days by telling 20 of your closest friends about Tito's. They told 20 more, and it kept growing from there. We wouldn't be where we are today without your support. Thank you very much. Go to titosvodka.com and pick up some Tito's gear. All proceeds benefit our charity partners. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. There's no chance you're dropping, you know, my mind. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to fall to seven, four, slam it or left. Go ahead and get the, do, it, do it there. Why not? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Todd Wash is probably the envy of that coaching staff. I mean, he just mm-hmm. seems to get. He just gets it. First round picks, right? Shouldn't he be handing out cigars or something as he rolls around there with, oh, my gosh. Well, that's all great, but where are they eating, and how was I not – that's so rude they didn't invite you. When there's food like that around and I'm eating up at the... All right, that's fine. You missed out on that one. Yeah, it's... Uh, all right. Something to say about Calais is that he contacted the PR staff and he wanted to meet Josh Allen the day he was here. That's why he's worth every penny they mm-hmm. pay him. Mm-hmm. Best free agent the Jaguars have ever signed. Yep, absolutely. All right, time for... The Ozone. If you just had the uh, the bobby hat, it would be a complete picture right now. Yeah, it would be a scene. He right, blew Sean. the mustache away. It looks so much better on him. Yeah. Dang well, it. Thankfully for you, it does. Uh, I don't know. I don't What's know. really scary is, is that you said you just had that at home. You just, yeah, it's it. That's the sad part. In I mean, the, in there's the, the party story. bin. In the party right. bin. Yep. Yeah, well, we want to know what else. Will you bring the party bin in without sure. taking anything out of it? Okay. Next week, bring it in and we'll go through and it. And we'll all just have costumes. And we'll just see what's in there. Okay, fair. From a sorority. Yeah. At Florida. Mm-hmm. Anything You goes. never know what you might meet. Anything goes. All right, we want that bin next week. All right, here we go. Ozone, Terry from Jacksonville. Who is going to catch the ball since they never drafted a wide receiver? Well, I got this a lot, and uh, it was a topic. Josh they Oliver. like the wide receivers better than observers do, and that's just something that they're going to deal with as they go forward. It's something the fans are going to have to deal with. Marquise Lee, DJ Chark, Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, and uh, D.D. Westbrook. 
they have faith in those guys. They believe they're going to be better than they were last year. They believe they're going to continue to grow. They believe DJ Chark is going to be a first-round type of guy. That's what they're going with. They believe they're better there than people think. I think if the knee injury is not the issue, if, the, if, if Mark Easley comes back mm-hmm. healthy, I agree. To me, that's still a question sure. mark. We're talking about a major injury. Mm-hmm. However, I think it has to be factored in that Nick Foles should make these receivers better. Yep. Right? If he is as accurate as the numbers suggest that he is, uh, if his ball, you know, if he throws a pass precise, which Blake didn't do, um, then he should throw them open and throw them into positions where they're able to make better plays. So I think there's something to that. However, the knee injury is just with me. It's why I've been talking about mm-hmm, a right. wide receiver. They brought four or five in as undrafted guys, so I think they probably have a number of – can you believe that Perkins walked by and didn't say a word about I the know. mustache? He didn't see he it. Did There's no he did a way take. that he, he – He's used to it. He did a double um, take. <laughs> here's the thing to remember. You can't force things. Free agency was, is never loaded with number one receivers. This was not a great receiver draft. I don't know that after – you know – there was no one that dazzled you in the first round. And then after you got outside of that, I don't know there's anybody who comes in and makes you better quickly. So I don't know that it's unusual they didn't address it. All right. Fair. Let's go to Greg from St. John's, Florida. I know very little about many things and even less about our undrafted free agent signings. Which players in that group have the best chance to make the final roster? You know, uh, there's a couple. The uh, two safeties and, you know, names escaping me now. Uh, there's a couple safeties who can make it. The cornerback, Smith from Alabama, was a five-star recruit, a big-time player. And uh, Trevor Meyer, I believe his name is, uh, from Oklahoma. The tight end. Uh, tight end. Mm-hmm. That was the name I was uh, Carson Meyer. Uh, it's on me. Uh, there's a few guys who have a chance to make it. Um, safety is going to be really interesting out of that because it looks like they were trying to address their depth there. Yep, absolutely. Nothing to add to that. Definitely need to focus on safeties there. All right, let's go to Daniel from College Station, Texas. I can't help but wonder if this draft is the beginning of the old guard being replaced and a new era starting. Is this the beginning, and do you see us holding onto some of the core players coming up? Well, um, yes, good insight that it's the start of the old guard, but every draft has to be that. It's a constant churn in the NFL. If you're not replacing core and building core in the draft, very quickly you're going to be wishing you had. So it better be that, but every draft better be that. If the quarterback is who they think he is, in other words, a four- to seven-year starter, because he's only 30 years old, Mm -hmm. if he's that guy who carries you through, then absolutely you're always looking at your roster in relation to him. Just look at how different the roster is for Ben Roethlisberger and um, uh, uh, Tom Brady. I mean, they've been around a long time, don't get me wrong, and not everyone plays as long as the quarterback does, but you're just constantly trying to find young, less expensive talent because the quarterback eats up a huge chunk right. of it. Right, and building around yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they're, you're, and plus, here's the other deal. Calais Campbell, we thought there was a chance middle of last year that he'd only be a two-year guy here, mm-hmm. right? What's the chance that he's a four-year guy? You never know. Outside the quarterback and one, two players, your core shifts all You're time. always shifting. Yep. All right. We'll take a final break, come back with top tweets, and wrap the show up on Tuesday after this. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. 
Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. You're invited to Super Bowl 54 for a once-in-a-lifetime experience with NFL On Location. Next February in Miami, you'll meet NFL alumni, enjoy exciting pregame parties, watch the action from the 50-yard line, and celebrate on the field after the game. For easy, one-stop planning and access to hotels and travel, let NFL On Location plan your ultimate Super Bowl experience. Secure your official access and the best seats at Hard Rock Stadium today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Top tweets. Top tweets. Top tweets. All right, let's start top tweets with Kyle Shanahan discussing guys who did not get invited to the NFL Combine. He discusses a new Jaguar and mentions him in his press conference. This guy, and I know you didn't hear about him because he wanted an Indian, and that happened with the linebacker, Quentin Williams' brother. Everyone was shocked. He went early to Jacksonville, and it's probably because he didn't go to Indy, but we found out about him a little bit later, and that guy went exactly where he should have gone. He was a really good player, and that happens with a number of people. Just confirming you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys do the work on that. They talk amongst each other. They're out there on the trail scouting guys. They know. You know, not every team's going to agree on every player, but they know who the guys are. Right, and credits and to the Jaguars that others right. didn't it, it Was it from Guam? What? He, oh, was he was not from Guam, Guam that's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's go to the graduate assistant on offense at San Jose, Jose State who said that these are some things you can't find on pro football focus about the new tight end. Never late for a meeting, over a 3.0 GPA every semester, took care of his nutrition outside of the facility, took coaching every single day, film study, couldn't say enough great things about this guy. Sounds like a great kid. You know, they were looking for character. They were looking to clean the locker room up a little bit. They need him. Yep, and let's finish with None other than Calais Campbell. A lot of players talking about Josh Allen after he was selected. Calais with one of the good ones. We are going to eat. Josh Allen, welcome to the squad. He had Jalen Ramsey, he had Leonard Fournette, a ton of guys, all mostly on defense, talking about Josh Allen. Uh, we talked about how a guy like Allen can help a guy like Unique take some of the pressure off. What does it mean to a guy like Campbell to have a young pass rusher out there chasing? Mm-hmm. Makes everyone's job easier. Of course he wanted to eat. He got to go to the good lunch. <laughs> Drop it. Still hanging on that one, You still get lunch. All right. That'll do it for Jags Drive Time on a Tuesday. The party bin makes its appearance next week (laughs) on uh, on Drive Time. We'll see what else is in there. You're not going to want to miss it. Don't promise you. Joe is going to wear everything in the box. (laughs) So that'll do it for our show today. Have a great Tuesday. Talk to you next week.